Hello and welcome to the Independent Music Podcast, ten of the best new songs every week, hosted by me, Anthony Chalmers, and me, Gareth May. Welcome to this week's edition of the Independent Music Podcast. We opened up with the sounds of Soccer 96. The London-based duo be making excellent uh, sort of synthesizer, jazz, krautrock sort of sounds for most of this decade, I think. Um, you might have heard of them as two-thirds of The Comet is Coming as well. I always forget that. I always forget that they're part of The Comet is Coming. It is. It is the, the Comet is Coming is essentially Shabaka Hutchins jamming with... Soccer 96, a total refreshment centre, and then them thinking, this is really good, <laughs> let's let's make something of this. And then they, yeah, definitely made something of this. Um, that track is called Harmonious Monk, is uh, from their new album, it's going to be coming out on Slowfoot Records. I can't see exactly, I can't see the screen from here, Gaz. What's, uh, when's it, when's it out? Now. It is out now. <laughs> and um, yeah, Slowfoot are a great label that we've featured a few times here on the pod before. And yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen Soccer 96. Um, they asked me if I could help them promoting the album launch, but unfortunately it was on the same day as I had another show, which was a bit sad. Uh, last time I saw them was their last album launch, which was as Above, So Below. Saw them at uh, the Bird's Nest in Deptford here in South London, South East London. I wasn't at that uh, one. They were raucous. That is what I like about that tune. I associate Soccer 96 with being a bit more raucous and bombastic. Definitely can uh, be, yeah. Yeah, So it's uh, and that's obviously what you remember from their live shows, but that track was way more sort of a melancholy sort of slow funk 
Like uh, that sort of futuristic funk that we get. Yeah, exactly. And the album's called uh, Rewind. I didn't say that before. Uh, so I've got something that's sort of in the same vein. It's um, the new record from Kamal Williams. Uh, he's uh, probably better known as Henry Wu. Um, he's got an LP that's just come out on his own Black Focus record. It's called The Return. And this is some sort of smoothie funky music that Henry Wu is associated oh, with. Wow, smoothie funky start to the podcast. It's the sort of mood I'm in. <laughs> this is called. It's going to get nasty afterwards, I promise. No, this is called High Roller. Roller taken from his album called The Return. Uh, yeah, Kamal Williams, better known as Henry Wu. Uh, it was actually in, it says in the press release here that The Return is a natural evolution from the Yusuf Kamal project, which was what, a year or two ago. It was, uh, yeah, well, it was going really until midway through this year. They were doing really, really well, and I think they had a bit of a falling out. It's well, that him it was like Henry Wu with the drummer um, Yusuf. I don't know what his surname is, but the amazing drummer. Well, two things to mention about that record is that. It's the record I most see people clutching hold of on the tube. 
bizarrely. Really? I must have seen, over the last year, maybe, like, five people, which is a lot for, like, a independent vinyl record. Um, You know, I saw, like, two people on record store day in different times of the day holding a copy of that record. Um, And also, the other thing is, like, people really love that record, and I'm just not a fan. Just not moved by it at all. I can't even remember. I even really listened to it. Is it one of those ones where it's just a a bit smooth and a bit nice? Yeah, a little bit. But It's um, like, come on, man, we want it wild, we want it heavy. Yeah, so it says here that the return, this uh, Kamal Williams record, is an evolution. So if you did like that Yusef Kamal one, and, you know, it's better than that, because I really like this record. And, yeah, it is out now via his own Black Focus records. That's going to play you the uh, new single from uh, Miss Red, released on The Bug's pressure recordings and uh, production by The Bug. I really, really like this song more than uh, some other... I mean, I like all the you know, the stuff he's done with Miss Red. It's you know, like some sort of heavy, in-your-face dance hall. Um, and I like that stuff. It's been great. But the minimal production on this uh, really gets me. It's uh, called Dagger. <laughs>
See what I mean? Not one note out of place. Yeah, uh, it's uh, really, really good. It's you know, when you said it was sort of like, what did you cut? What did you say? Down tempo? Is that what you said? No, it's just like minimal. Minimal. It for the bug. Yes, for most people, <laughs> probably no. It's still like packs a punch. Yeah, but that's the thing. It packs a punch while not not uh, having too much going on, like too much. Not that, not that I'm saying some other stuff does, but I just just the, just the, that last twenty thirty seconds, I just like I like that. Yeah, it's uh, really really good. It's uh, the bug is pretty much ninety nine percent absolute killer, and uh, Miss Red usually in tow doing something wonderful. Yeah, we saw them together at Village Underground last year. Yeah, exactly. About this time last year, I don't know, approximately a year year or so ago, and yeah, they were they were, they were brilliant. Do you know? So we the last time we saw the bug was a few weeks ago when you put on the zonal show with um, him, uh, Justin Broderick, and more mother as well. Any word on a record coming from those people? I know it's happening. Yeah. Kevin's been talking about mixing it for ages, and a couple of songs were nearly ready like a month ago. Come on, get on with it, Kev. Come on, Kev. Each, uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that was a, awesome. Exactly, life. it's just in progress. Yeah, some heavy ass mutant hip hop. I don't think we actually talked about it, that show on the podcast, but that show or afterwards because i sort of had to run off but that show was greater than the sum of its parts i thought it was going to be great because love all the people involved in it but it was completely unexpected not just how good it was but the sound of it it was like yeah what did you just describe it as mutant hip-hop yeah it was just like heavy heavy ass hip-hop not what i expected i expected it to be so nasty i expected it to be really nasty um because obviously like jk flesh and the bug yeah, that, I can that's what that. you'd but yeah, expect. No More Mother really uh, uh, brought something to the whole thing, for sure. I think without the vocals, you know, that would have definitely been minimally a third worse. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> super excited for that. Um, if, when, probably comes. He's got his new label thing coming, yeah, hasn't uh, he? Yeah, maybe released on pressure, exactly. So from the same label as that uh, that uh, misread release there, distributed by Warp Records, sort of doing the, the backline work for him. Yeah, so this track, uh, this Miss Red and the Bug called Dagger from the album KO, which is apparently out this summer, but no date on this uh, blurb here from Clash Music, which is a shame, but presumably that's on that record label as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a pressure release for sure. Uh, so I've got something from someone I, who's fairly unknown and fairly underground. Uh, it's from a lady called Debbie Friday. She is a sort of an experimental sound artist. She did a really quite nasty EP called Bitch Punk uh, earlier this year just self-released through her band camp did we play it? nope we didn't I discovered this all this week uh, when um, this came across my lap it's just a individual track it's sort of well I'll let you I'll let you it's sort of like I was going to say like African inspired but it's that it's, you'll know what I mean when I say it it's sort of like that electro trolley sort of music massive sort of thing yeah exactly and yeah so she is from um, Montreal uh, Quebec and yeah not a huge amount of info here about her other than that it's called Cine Metu it's just a free it's a, just a download from her band camp <laughs> Thank you. 
somebody else. That is all. That's it. So they, you know what I mean? It's so they electro trolley uh, sort of sound, uh, but from Montreal, Quebec, and, and no idea where Debbie Friday comes from. Um, other than that, if there's sort of, whether she's born bred in Montreal or whether there's influences well, from says anywhere here, else. Uh, born in Montreal, resides or from Montreal, resides in Vancouver. So. Ah, there you go. So you've read more than I have. Uh, but yeah, her EP sounds nothing like that. It's like proper, like heavy grimy bassy stuff rough and tough rough and tough for sure um but yeah uh, really really great and it's always good she's got like about 100 likes on facebook and that's always the sort of stuff i love stumbling upon uh debbiefriday.bandcamp.com to go and check that out nice well someone who's definitely not coming from the underground is a uh, legendary brazilian singer elza suarez in 2016 i believe it was um, she released uh, one of our favourite albums of the year, uh, Woman at the End of the World. That's, that sounds right. Is that getting, I think I'm getting that right. Essentially, she's a, a salsa singer, uh, well, one of like, the legendary salsa singers from the 60s and 70s. Um, and then some younger uh, experimental musicians from Brazil got together and managed to convince her to come do this album with her. It was absolutely brilliant. We saw her live at the Barbican. Without doubt one of the strangest gigs I've ever been to in my entire life. (laughs) Because uh, for those uh, listeners outside of London or the UK, uh, the Barbican is a art centre in central London and it is all seated, very comfy seats, very arty, very chin-stroking. Two and a half thousand capacities or two thousand capacities sort of like really nice modern concert hall, basically. And for like... The first half of the show, she was essentially playing her latest record, which was this, which is what me and Anthony loved, which was this really experimental, really sort of weird music with her sat atop some sort of volcano. If I sitting, yeah, sitting atop a giant pyramid with like some con- sort of contemporary dancers worshiping her. Yeah. So and the, and the whole crowd was fairly confused about it, and then the show ended, and it was sort of the about halfway through, and it was then it was the encore where she played the hits and me and Anthony sort of looked at each other confused as the entire room like two and a half thousand people just started dancing in the aisles and going absolutely crazy and of course we just had no idea what any songs were (laughs) it was a very fun show um yep so this is the follow-up to that record uh it's the first single from it it's called Banyo which uh well, banyo means toilet, doesn't it? Banho. <laughs> I don't know. I'm presuming this song is not called Toilet. <laughs> it's new music from Elsa Suarez. Eu não obedeço porque sou 
great. Yeah, there we go. Um, big fan of that. I can't wait to get my hands on the album. Um, sort of makes me want to listen to the other album again. I need to desperately need to resort my filing system at home for my records because of to actually find it again. <laughs> who knows where that is? It's um, one of those records I actually listen to fairly fairly frequently as well. That uh, I was a swallow. Yeah, I was. I listened to it loads in the first few months I had it. Um, see if I can give you any more information about that. Oh, Banhouse means shower. We did uh, check that. So I was pretty close there about toilets. It's the uh... in the same room. <laughs> All of the information about this record is all in um, is all in Portuguese, so not really, not really uh, helping much about where it is. I believe it's recorded in December two thousand and seventeen, and is going to be released in two thousand eighteen. I did like that you said you saw December twenty seventeen and was like, "Yep, that'll do." That's it. That's the that's the knowledge. Em. The record must be out quite soon. Who who released the last one? It was um, I can't remember. Fairly sizable indie, I seem to remember. I can't remember off the top I of my head. I can't remember at all. Ah. Well, I'm going to change it up with uh, something from Jello Disco Records, an uh, Italian label of sort of um, using disco music. Of Jello Disco. Jello Disco, exactly. Um, they've got a record uh, called uh, Black Gloves 3. And it's um, Black Gloves is a franchise of sort of made-up soundtrack music, which is sort of what Jello Disco uh, yeah, when people discovered that uh, soundtracks sold way, way better than albums, they came to the inevitable conclusion that if we just do an album and call it a soundtrack, it's going to sell more. It's it's truly genius. So, and it, you know, it definitely sounds as atmospheric as that would be. Uh, but yeah, and this is uh, pretty brutal. This is uh, Parasols, and the track is called White Shadow. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
sort of aggressive disco music. Yeah, pumping weights. Yeah. You know what? You know what I'm talking. I mean, you do have to strip to your pants for that, but you know, <laughs> although you're a man who loves his weights, uh, it sounds. <laughs> I love having weight. Yeah, you love having weights. <laughs> Um, the sounds of parasols. The track is called White Shadow. It's uh, taken from uh, Black Gloves 3, which is a uh, split with uh, Antoni Maiovi. Maiovi. I can go go with uh, it's on Jello Disco Records, Italian label, uh, vinyl and, di- and digital, uh, Jello Disco Records.bandcamp.com. But yeah, wonderful, wonderful stuff. It says guaranteed nightclub nightmares, is how, is how they. Uh, how they describe it, which I think is pretty apt. Nice. It's going to take the pace all the way down with um, uh, the new the new track from Philo Mai, the uh, wonderful Lisbon guitarist on Lovers and Lollipops Records. I mean, can we just like pause just to pad out the podcast a little bit, just to say how quickly we're rattling through this I, I this week? I thought that, but I think we've still got five songs to go, right? No, are you... Yeah, we've got four more. So actually, no, if we're not, it's just on time. Exactly, that's, that's, how I, that's what I thought. Maybe we're, we record, just... we're recording two podcasts today, so uh, you know, we've we got, we got a lot of music to fit in. But yeah, I thought it was because every track's been like three minutes long, but maybe we've padded it out with chatter, like subconsciously. Yeah, because we've got uh, Gareth's off to Primavera next week, so to watch some excellent music. And then we're off to, Bos- uh, then we're off to Bulgaria. Yeah, exactly. So we've got Raw Power Festival, Primavera, and then a mutual friend's uh, wedding in Bulgaria to look forward to. Maybe we can record a podcast in Bulgaria. Like, for your birthday. Like uh, on a balcony like we did in Miloš once. We could do that. We could give that a go. I mean, I don't know if we have a balcony there. On the beach. Yeah, exactly. Exploring some Bulgarian music. I wonder if there's any record shops over there. Yeah, well, I don't wait think so. I think this is more of a resort. Anyway, um, this is Philo de Mai. He's a virtuoso classical guitarist from Lisbon. I've booked him in London before. Had the pleasure of hanging out with him when I was just over there in March. Uh, brand new music from him. It's called Aguama.
sounds of Philo de Mai. Did you see him at uh, Miloš with Norberto Lobo? I think you did. Probably, but not not to remember. He that... played early on the main stage um, uh, as part of a duo with another guitarist called Norberto Lobo. It's released on Lovers and Lollipops, a uh, Lisbon-based guitarist. Yeah, he came over to London to support Colin Stetson last year. It was great. If you were there... I imagine I was there too. I think I, you were I'm there. usually about, but yeah, there is a really, really pleasant. Probably the favorite, my favorite thing on this week's podcast so far. Oh, nice. In terms of like, it's uh, yeah, very, I have two or three albums from him at home, and they're all all good. Listen, he's got some sort of like sort of more straight sounding classical guitars like that, and then some more experimental stuff too. Both great. I'm going to play something from Super Records, a Chicago label. Last year, they released a brilliant record from uh, Namandi uh, Ogbonaya, uh, which will be pronounced wrong, but the record itself was really great. It was sort of this sort of a very, very poppy hip hop music, sort of very, sort of very high pitched, very impossible to play in any sense other than on a radio show, I think. Uh, but I've always sort of wanted to play it live, but never had the balls even like at the bird's nest in Deptford when we had sort of a anything goes policy. Um, and they've got a record, they've just released a record by uh, Sen Morimoto. He's a chap also, uh, I think, from Chicago, uh, but not 100% certain on that. It's uh, his second album, and it's called Cannonball, and it's sort of a very poppy hip-hop, similar sort of thing, really. Um, this is a great track from it. It's called This Is Not. This is not the way you want it. This is not the way I want it.
Sen and Morimoto, a track is called This Is Not, it's taken from his album called Cannonball, but it's actually Cannonball, because it's got an exclamation mark at the end of it. Um, <laughs> How do you feel about exclamation marks in titles? Yeah, it depends, you've got, it means you've got to pronounce it the way it is. Exactly, if it's Cannonball, exclamation mark, then it's Cannonball! So then how, what does that go with your pronunciation of the, the, uh, the Z-A, exclamation mark? <laughs> Like that? How's yeah, that? I'm looking forward to editing the, the levels <laughs> on that bit. Uh, but yeah, so uh, my note that I scribbled, there wasn't a huge amount, there wasn't a press release or anything about Sen Morimoto. From Chicago? Uh, that's uh, Super Records are from Chicago, yeah. I'm just making a wild assumption without doing the research on the chap himself. Uh, I just wrote kind of epic pop hip-hop because every track on the album is about five, six minutes long. Uh, it's just like, it's not the sort of music you'd expect to be a lengthy track, but they all are. And yeah, it's... Kind of the better for it, I think. Mm. So really interesting, really unusual. And that's Super Records as a label are ones that do a lot of unusual music, like an unusual sort of weird pop music like that. And sometimes they get it absolutely spot on. Sometimes they get it completely wrong. Well, in who my else ears. have they released? So Namandi Ogdenbaya is uh, Naya is the one. Uh, he did a track. I did an album called Drool. 
uh, last year and the track from that we played on the podcast so over a year ago now was a, a let go of your ego uh, which is yeah definitely rings a bell an absolute absolute cracking banger that is unsuitable for play anywhere apart from at home <laughs> Um, I'm going to play you new music from a Bristolian producer called Batu. He's uh, released on uh, Hessel Audio in the past, um, a record label that I used to keep really close eye on. But like my sort of like techno or any house DJ days are long past me and I don't really keep up with that sort of thing anymore. But no doubt they still release loads of excellent music. He runs his own label, um, uh, which is called Time Dance. Um, and now he's assigned to XL Recordings, so big, the the biggest independent record label, really. Well, part of the Beggars Group, which is the Beggars Group is by far the biggest independent, I had to imagine. Exactly. So, um, you know, with a small underground artist like Adele on their <laughs> roster. Yeah. Um, so, but I really like this. It's uh, called Flash React. It's by Batu. <laughs>
Batu, Flash React. I've got absolutely no idea what kind of music um, you'd call that. <laughs> to be, it's like it's not house. Speedcore. It's not techno. It's not speedcore. <laughs> um, it's it's I don't know. No idea what it is. It's not really for the dance floor. Um, it's like it's not. It's not. I don't know. Is it two step? It'll be some. Bit it'll, it'll be some, somewhere. It'll be some form of techno. We can't be asked. No, to, I, th- like, I think it's more of got like a sort of like a, a, a like a funky two step more of that than it's got techno not that it's got much of that um uh, but what do i know absolutely nothing batu uh coming out from bristol um actual name omar mccutcheon uh, i'm gonna try to yeah i'm gonna try to get to know yeah out on excel so you're saying excel the label of adele also radiohead as well the xx and yeah you know so big big artists and you know they do for and label with such a big roster and so many sort of sub labels and things like that. XL itself does do an amazing line in sort of twelve-inch singles because yeah, I do do some some. This is like released and they're sort of like looking like the old school XL dance music uh, yeah. 12s. But the one that leaps to mind that had the same cover was uh, the Mum Dance and Novelist one, like one sec, which came out. Yeah, well, also the uh, Jamie XX and Jill Scott Heron. Uh, ones was released on XL as well. Yeah, New York is killing me. That's cracker. Um, yeah, one sec. I was just, I'm just actually looking to see when that was released because I'm sure it was like. I'm not novelist. 2015. Is absolutely spot on, Anthony Chavez. That is exceptional. I was going to say about five years ago, but yeah, three. It just, yeah, lots has been has happened since. But anyway, yeah, thank you so much as always for listening to the podcast. Or if you are a first time listener, thank you for listening, and hopefully you've discovered enough that you want to come back i always say to people like no one will like every song that we play um i don't like any of gareth's songs i actually i I always say that the average listener probably dislikes about eight songs out of ten we play every week i definitely don't think that's the case i think the average listener likes eight so but every listener will dislike or like a different eight songs and that's what i love so much about this show i think most of the listeners enjoy most of the songs gareth you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There's, absolute, there's no chance someone will tune in to something for an hour and actively dislike most of it. They're not going to keep coming back. But they like the two that they like so much <laughs> that they do. Uh, but if you can settle this debate, which isn't really a debate, um, yeah, get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash independent music podcast. Um, I'm not usually one to respond to a claim for a shout out, but uh, we did get a tweet the other day and we don't really check the Twitter very often. It's iMusic podcast. And I can't even find it now because so much stuff has happened. Oh, it's from a user called Palio, who was like, listening from Barcelona, shout me out. I was listening to the Resonance show. That's Anthony's Resonance show that for over a year before you mentioned the podcast, bad marketing. There's someone who earns his living in marketing. Oh, man. I listened to they, before I ever mentioned it. Okay, I'll do, I'll do better. It's quite interesting because we rarely mention, you only mentioned your Resonance show in passing, sort of like, you know, we never really talk much about it. It is also like I responded just being like, we try to keep the show as exclusive as possible, <laughs> which isn't actually the case. Um, if you do know people uh, who would like the show, get in touch uh, with them and yeah, get in touch with us as well. Facebook.com forward slash independent music podcast. If you're a first time listener, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and yeah, all the rest of it. Independent music podcast.net is our website. And, oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, 
Go, go for it. I, I say, I'm going to do a shout out. So I'm going to give a shout out to Nick Potter, who uh, messaged on a, on the podcast Facebook to say he's a regular listener from California. And it was he who um, introduced the uh, Hawaii professor to listening to the podcast. Is he's that sin- right? He's since been uh, playing it to his uh, his students. He said uh, he was responsible for the introduction. Is he? And I said, if we end up DJing in, um, in, in Hawaii, then he will be my hero. That's it. Well, they just need to book the venue market the gig and pay for the flights and the accommodation and, <laughs> and we'll be there we're there, and we're there. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah that would be amazing maybe we should do a fundraiser to get us to hawaii to like entertain them because that is pretty much the opposite side of the world from here uh, but i'm gonna leave it from uh, something a bit closer to home this is from a uh, label called lazy tapes it's um a very young label in fact it's uh, sarah kin uh, a great german-based producer uh, it's her label she released two tapes and this is her first 12-inch. It's uh, by a chap called Peder Manafelt. Uh, it says here, uh, Peder Manafelt at the controls, the self-described purveyor of power ambient. Power ambient. Yeah, a master of the freakier sides of rave music. Um, so yeah, after a podcast of mostly three-minute songs, I'm going to leave it with this nine-minute, 40-second slice of, uh, well, however you would describe it. Um, it is uh, out right now, I think. It's uh, from an EP called The Screws That Hold the World Together. Uh, you can get it from uh, rewindforward.com. Is, uh, I think they've sort of got exclusive distribution on this. And yeah, check it out. It's uh, Peter Manafelt, and we'll be back next week. Bye.
Oh, my God.